and action. Hey everyone, I'm Alex. I'm here with my husband Shane. Lucy is in bed and we are so happy that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree podcast. The fourth taping recording of this episode, episode seven, it's been... I think we've done more than four tapings, haven't we? This could be the fifth. And can we tell people why this episode has taken so long to not only be released, mm-hmm. but so long to record? We've been recording for weeks. You know, it's been awful. But uh, yeah, point is, my apologies to all the people who care about this podcast, if there even are any anymore, but I hope there are. Of course there are. And Shane, so you are involved with two other uh, successful podcasts, uh, and This Family Tree is your third. Do you dread ever having to come and work with me on this podcast, being in, in the sense that on your other podcast, you're with uh, two other guys on each? Uh, that know what they're doing, that know technical stuff too, um, regularly produce it, things like that. And then when you come here and do this with me, you need to take the lead on all the like technical stuff at the beginning, like setting it all up. Uh, and then on the editing end, you're the one that's at the editing bay for hours uh, and you get no help from me. Well, the the only problem is it's honestly, this is very similar to... Uh, the other podcasts that work on, uh, there's one person who's very untechnical. His name is Max. He's in a band in Canada called Arkells. And my coworker, Mike, he's the same level as me, which is not very technical. He's competent. But the one thing Mike and I both have in common is we know how to produce something. And anyone who's trying to do an Instagram account or a podcast or anything, the drop-off rate is insane. Mm-hmm. And the the reason is you get killed not by the the one post or the two posts or the one episode. It's just that it doesn't stop and it's relentless. Before you know it, a year's gone by and you've only increased your followership by 10. And for a lot of people, that's simply not enough to motivate them to actually put in the same effort they were in the beginning when they were all excited and they made the website and the t-shirt and the buttons. So that's a good thing that Mike and I have is we look at the progress in years, Mm -hmm. not in days or minutes or hours. Whereas I feel like you, if you're not on the cover of like Time Magazine after episode four. I wish. So don't worry about the feedback. Kick out a podcast once a week and just do it. And then check in once a year and see if the numbers have gone up. That's a good litmus test. A year mm-hmm. is, is good check-in. And if, if you do it two years and by year two, you're better than year one. I consider that a huge success. And if not, you had a fun time talking to your husband on the mic about stuff you might have not otherwise. I got to say, uh, so this conversation that we're having right now, I get maybe once a week uh, mm-hmm. when I get real down about something or real discouraged mm-hmm. about something and you <laughs> you coach me back to like a better place um, or a place where I feel like I can take on the world. Um, and I feel like you do that for so many people. You are the coach. And we've also, we've already done an intro, but I guess you felt like you were a little off your game. I hated that night. So Shane and I actually recorded our intro and the questions that we were going to ask each other all through it. I wasn't feeling good. The second it was over, I felt like it was garbage and have listened to it. I think it probably is garbage and I am so happy to re-record all that brand new questions brand new intro let's not even touch the stuff that we recorded before i was okay. in a real bad mood that night 
Okay. I think we were bickering. We were bickering before <laughs> this also. So you're, I'm in a good, fine mood. I'm in a good mood now. Okay. Um, what is a question that you have for me? All right. So um, Shane and I have been trying to get out every weekend to do fun things with the baby outside of the house, things that we typically wouldn't do. Last weekend, we went to uh, a fun lake and they had all these like cool games and stuff, water games for older kids. They had a really great water slide uh, that Shane had fond memories of from when he was a kid. And uh, Shane, you really wanted to take Lucy down the water slide. Like this is, it was like 30 feet tall, 40 feet tall. Taller than that. Yeah, it's a big water slide. Uh, we tested it out first. I went down it. I got scared because I started going up the side of it a little bit and I was zooming. I was going so fast and then I get down and I was like, babe, I, uh, this is a definite no from me. Why do you think Lucy would be immune to anything bad happening on that water slide? Like I know how to go down that slide very slow and the, 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 the key way to go down a water slide for people who are very curious about this <laughs> is just to have your swimsuit dominate the, uh, the touch points. And when I want to go very fast, I lift my butt up. So it's just my my calves, my feet, and my the the smalls of my back touching the so slide. So wait, so in in this image, you're lying down, and that's how you control it. To go really fast, I, I lie down. Yeah. I have my back touch it. I lift my butt so none of the fabric yeah. from my swim trunks touches it, and my uh, ankles touch, and I go really fast. If I want to go slow, I sit up, and I just have my butt touch it the whole time. And my swimsuit has a lot of drag to it and it slows me almost to a halt. Like I could stop on that slide if I wanted to. I could not have stopped. I was going so fast. Yeah, but your suit is made of like lycra or something. Women (laughs) wear different suits than men. Okay, what about... And you also have a fear of water slides, so... Well, okay, what about the water that's getting... Like when the water, when your feet are going down, the water hits your feet and then splashes up and hits you in the face. How do you Mm -hmm. count for that? The water splashing Lou in the face. Lou can handle a little water being splashed in her face. Lou is a beast. Like when you're not home and it's just us, like I'm throwing stuff at her. She's she's falling downstairs. <laughs> Somebody's gonna call CAS. <laughs> no, but I mean, like I play with Lou, not aggressively rough, but I don't I don't treat her like she's a baby. Because <laughs> she's not a baby. No, she's not. She you she's told me she was a months. toddler. Yeah, well, technically. So don't pick and choose when she's a baby. <laughs> She's a baby when it's a water slide, but when she's walking, you're like, there's my grown-up girl. She's a toddler. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's uh, interesting and hilarious how that is still just a totally uh, acceptable thing to do with a 15-month-old. Well, I, one, I was going to ask the lifeguard. Good if call. There, like, I wasn't just going to be like, this is my baby. Like, I was in a <laughs> I'll lineup. I'll take her down the water slide if I want to. I certainly wasn't going to, like sneak a baby oh, in my pants like if the life if the life <laughs> what just sneaking a baby in your pants in your swim shorts point is if the lifeguard said it was okay i would assume it was okay and there's i'm never going to have lucy get hurt if i'm gonna do something <laughs> I don't know about that. my i have pictures of my dad taking me down water slide oh. at confederation park which is way bigger and yes the laws were a little more lax back then yeah that was the olden days babe. i don't care what days it was because the laws of physics still applied and i did not die or get hurt uh, but i do have a dad's corner i would love to hear the dad's corner speaking of irresponsible parenting uh okay we'll do a little intro song <laughs> do, 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 do. dad's corner Okay, so 
put sunscreen on your kid. I'm finding that every time I ask certain wives if the child has sunscreen on, she never does. And, by the way, there's two parents in a relationship. It's not like you're, I mean, in this hypothetical scenario, it's not like it's just the the wife's job or the mom's job to put the sunscreen on the kid. And sometimes you might think the other parent is doing it, but babies can't speak up and say, I'm getting a sunburn. And then before you know it, your kid has uh, third-degree skin cancer. You were just saying how it's not just the mother in the relationship and there's also somebody else. Yeah, there's also a man, usually a husband, sometimes not a husband, but a partner in crime. And both of you should lube up the kid before you put on the clothes, too. Because a lot of times, you think of the sunscreen, it's like an afterthought. The kid's kind of wearing a t-shirt, it's got the diaper on and everything, socks are on. So you kind of miss areas. My advice is lube up that kid and then put the clothes on afterwards. See, in regard, so Shane is alluding to a situation that happened today. We're outside walking with Lucy. We drove downtown to go for dinner. And then our, you know, five-minute, two-minute walk to the restaurant ended up being a 45-minute walk around downtown. So I, I, I wasn't planning for it. And that's a really good point. No, no, but you're, you're clearly lying right now. No, Be- I'm not. No, because it's not like we were, we were like, let's park and then go eat at a restaurant. Yeah, we were going to walk it, to Hamburger. It wasn't a restaurant trip that turned into a walk. It was a walk that turned into a restaurant trip. I thought it was a restaurant trip that turned into a walk. Come on. No, come on. You know we were going to walk around. No, I thought that's why I parked we far away. We always walk around. Yeah, but I parked far away from Hamburger and to that, get the walk in right Sure, the that's an isolated incident. I'm saying every time I ask you if Lucy has sunscreen on, usually the answer is no. And by the way... It's just on me as much as it is you. That's what I'm saying. Just because I think to ask doesn't mean I get some like dad award because I should be doing it before the child leaves also, as I think all parents should. Yeah, but these aren't in like situations where we're planning on having outdoor play. This is like we go for a spontaneous walk or spontaneous outside thing, which, which, yes, we totally should be remembering and I should be totally mm-hmm. thinking about sunscreen. That's, and I'm not trying to excuse myself, but on days where we are going outside to like spend time in the sun that's the point of it she's got sunscreen on so much i'm just saying always be prepared we did have to end up going to a convenience store which on canada day we're lucky it was open Mm -hmm. and then we uh we sprayed lucy down we made a decision about in regards to sunscreen after and in just to help us be prepared and help us always remember to always have it on us yeah so we are always going to have one in the car one in the diaper bag and one in the house so that we don't have to be switching bags we don't have to be packing it it's always just there when we need it okay so that is this week's edition of dad's corner that's good thanks no and i like dad's corner because uh it just like like the cup thing the soapy cup you know, simple things that you often overlook that uh, need to be taken. I was going to say something about the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. You need to take these bulls by the horns. Yeah, you, uh, take the bull by the horns, yeah. Yeah, but these uh, these parenting bulls? Have, have, are you <laughs> hammered right now? I've had two sips of my Ryan Diet. Maybe, maybe I need more. Should we do a call? Uh, yes, yes. Let's absolutely do a call. So who are we calling here? I don't know her name. But we're calling Spain. We're calling northern Spain. I don't know what city she's from, but I am interested to know. Are you gonna are you gonna be the one to say hello? 
Yep. Does she know we're calling right now? Yep. Hello? Hey, you. <laughs> this is uh, Shane and Alex from This Family Tree. I'm here with my husband, um, Simon. Hi. Hi. Oh, wow. How are you? Fine. We're here with uh, our baby also. I don't know if you'll participate. I think I can hear her in the background. We just had Lucy here, but she was pulling on the cords and being too annoying, so we had to, <laughs> we had to rip her away. <laughs> Yeah, we, we don't know how this is going to work um, so out. But we'll where, try. Where are you guys calling from? I know uh, northern Spain, but what city? We're in a city called Gijón. That's way up north. Yeah. Like the end of the country, basically. Yeah. Guys, what is your uh, question, input, anything? What, what, do you, what do you got for us? So we have uh, our baby. She's 10 months old. We used to live in New York. We moved here. And she's always been a terrible sleeper. Okay. So we even had to do um, sleep training. Because, you know, uh, I was miserable. Um, she was four months. Like, yeah. Five months old. She was waking up like six, uh, seven times each night. And oh. every night. And it was it's the worst. Uh, like, we tried sleep training twice. We finally managed to get it. I mean, she's sleeping great now, but it was... It was really hard. It was very mm -hmm. hard. Like, everybody was uh, crying uh, every night for no, a long time. It the whole family awful. suffers if there's bad sleep. It's not yeah. just the baby. It's everybody. Yeah. It's yeah, really it was bad. tough, but we, you know, we powered through. We got it. But then we moved here, and between the... Uh, jet lag. Yeah, the jet lag. And, and That was hard, too. And then also, we well, we arrived at my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And well, we, we were all sleeping in one room, and well, it was a disaster. Now we have our three bedroom apartment, which we love, and then everybody has you know like their own space. Yeah. She's sleeping great, and we realized like a couple of days ago that we never, we've never gone out at night <laughs> yeah. with her. We've oh. never, you know, we we didn't have the courage. Yeah. <laughs> to do that because we're we can't conceive the idea of her being out uh you know in a restaurant a special evening dinner whatever uh and not you know uh and not doing the routine and the whole thing mm -hmm. yeah that we do uh yeah last week um she met this just a, a lady like somebody which is not a friend of ours somebody who just talking about this and she said um, she was just like, well, what do you mean how you do it? You just take her out and then you just, <laughs> you know, have fun. And whenever she gets sleepy, she'll just fall asleep in the stroller. And then you go back home and you put her in the crib. And we're like, oh, my God. And uh, <laughs> we want, we, we would love to be those, you know, like that. We would love to have that life. Yeah. I mean, she tried it um, the other two night, ago. two nights ago. She went. Uh, to her mother's uh, birthday dinner with the baby. And, you know, usually her bedtime is 9 p.m., mm -hmm. but they were out till past midnight. She finally, I mean, she was having a, a lot of fun, the baby. She yeah. was, you know, with, with oh, well, the mother of <laughs> the baby was having fun with cousins and aunts, and, you know, she was having a, a, a great time. Not sleepy at all. Eventually, around midnight, she did fall asleep yeah. in the stroller. But then when they got home, when we tried to transfer her onto the crib, it was... Uh, it was a nightmare. It was yeah. a nightmare. It was like, 
Okay, so we spent around two hours trying oh, to man. get her in her crib without crying. So there was a lot of rocking, a lot of dancing, a lot of bouncing. Yeah. Till she finally, around three a.m. or three thirty oh or something like that, she fell asleep. Yeah, so, we she we managed to to get her to sleep by you know rocking her in in, in our arms. Which is not what we want to do, and it's like a horrible flashback yeah. of, of what it was. That sounds uh-huh. like hell, um, and that's uh-huh. like I oh my god, that's making me stressed out just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> so the first thing I think of is okay. So you guys came from New York, and I find like in North America, people are pretty um, like it's more normal that people are like strict about bedtimes and nap times and things like that. Whereas mm-hmm. anytime I've been to Europe, like whenever I've gone to Spain, like I'll be out at night and I see people and their babies out and it's like mm-hmm. 11 o'clock yeah. and they're sitting mm-hmm. there having cocktails or something and the babies are either walking around or in the stroller sleeping <laughs> and it's so yeah. different. And every time I'm there, I'm like, oh man, like before I had a kid, I was like, ah, this is the kind of parent I want to be. This looks like so much fun. Like they're doing it right. But the thing is, it's like, you know, if you started out in North America and your baby's used to a routine and then mm-hmm. then you go to Europe and then you try to kind of do it like everybody else around you, that will throw you for a loop because it's like so abnormal for the baby, right? That's just yeah. what, what I kind of think. And that's like a huge change. Also, I mean, I always see those people out, but I don't know what they're dealing with when they get home. So... It might look well and good, but Lucy would be a disaster if we tried to do that. So what we have, like, do you guys have a good travel crib, like a, a playpen that, like, folds up really nice or anything like that? Mm, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. She, she just doesn't sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> We've traveled a couple of times and she, she always, like you know, no, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, we do have one, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because that's, like, if I was going to go somewhere all night, I think... Before I would, before I'd keep her up, maybe I'd try to do her whole routine where I was, like if I was at my parents' house or like a friend's house, and I'd try to put her to mm-hmm. bed there, and then maybe transfer right. her home after that. But I would try to put her to bed, I think, because um, I oh my god, I couldn't imagine keeping her up that late. Like I just know because it sounds like your baby has the same kind of sleep issues that Lucy does and that she used yeah. to have, and it would be a nightmare mm-hmm. trying to do that for us too. Honestly, like I don't. I don't think we could. I think you could push it uh, within some limits. Like, if her bedtime's nine, maybe, like, 11 tops. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, it's the way your baby is and the way you guys are used to it. And, and I don't think that um, we can necessarily just say, hey, look, they're doing it. Everybody around us is doing it in this new city. So that's what we should be doing. I think you just kind of mm-hmm. need to stick to what you do and what works for you guys. Get a good babysitter. Do you have a good babysitter yet? No, no, no. We were um, hoping my mom would help us with that, uh, but then she's been sick, you know, like the flu and some uh. of that stuff, and it, it hasn't worked uh, just yet. Um, but yeah, we also it was her birthday, so she <laughs> <Of course laughs> needed to go out. <laughs> See, at your mom's house, I'd say just set her up, like start getting her used to sleeping there, maybe, so that if you go there and you hang out there, then. You know, even if even if the baby was to sleep there, like throughout the night, maybe just yeah, get her used to kind of going down there, and that that could make things easier. Like I see my parents all the time, so for mm-hmm. me that would be helpful. So if you guys are going to see your mom all the time, that's what I suggest. 
What about you? Oh, sounds good. Yeah. Do you guys like? Do you guys usually? I don't know. Go out at night and uh, do no. stuff mm-hmm. like. Uh, we go out very rarely. Uh, it's when we do go out, we try to make sure it's worth it, worth our while. So maybe once a month, we'll pawn Lou off to one of our parents. Mm-hmm. Like I, my parents are divorced, so that kind of gives us an extra set of parents. So we, we kind of have more. Okay. Op- we have more <laughs> options than most people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think we, I think we go out once a month, and when we can, we try not to bring Lou because it's, it's an extra thing to worry about, yeah. and it, it's kind of distracting from the fun you're trying to have when you have the the child to worry yeah. about. And you can't get as drunk either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she was a little baby, we'd bring her out everywhere, right? Because they just sleep wherever. But then as she started getting older, it became right. harder to do that because she did rely on the routine. And really, and if we don't stick, it throws off the entire next day too. So it's like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? I don't know. Right. When they're little, I say until they're like five or six months, it's almost easier. Yeah, it's easier to be cool when they're zero to five months. And then after that, don't even try to be cool. Just, <laughs> just get a babysitter right. and just go out and have fun mm. and just pretend like the kid doesn't exist for a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> that oh. sounds great. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. You guys, you guys have cool. to start uh, interviewing sitters in your new town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's the best. Thank well, you so much. Thank you so much for giving us your number. We were so happy to call. And uh, best of luck with everything. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. All right. Thanks All right. so much. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you, Bye. guys. Adios. Bye. Adios. That was the best. They were so nice. They were so sweet. And I love that Simone, the husband, uh, was there as well. So uh, number two. You have to go to the washroom? <laughs> Oh, you mean second caller. I knew you were going to say that, but it still hit me like it was a Thank big you. joke. It was a good joke. Thank you. Number okay. twos make me laugh. Okay. Hello? Hey, Nicole. Hey. This is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys? So good. Thank you for uh, having a question or a comment for us today. This is I, I see you randomly for the past fifteen years, but I think this is yeah. I think f- it's been about that long. But I think this is the first time I've actually made a phone call to you. Definitely, yeah. We're um, we're falling behind on our friendship uh, milestones, <laughs> but maybe there's been lots of promises may- of this, but this is I think the first <laughs> time. Give it another ten years. I don't know if I really like you yet. <laughs> We, we want to be really sure. So, Nicole, what is uh, your question? My question is, um, well, as a single woman entering my 30s, I'm starting to think about things like um, having little Lucy's of my own. And my question is, how did you know you were ready? How did I know I was ready? Well, for a long time, I, I did not think that I wanted children at all. Um, and I think it had a lot to do with because for me, like, I always saw myself, right, like, having kids with a partner. And a huge factor for me was I was like, yeah, the people I the people I was with were like, okay. But I would be fine not having kids with them. It wasn't, like, a priority. It wasn't something that I would want to mm-hmm. get into with them. Um, and I felt and still feel a lot like a child uh, in a lot <laughs> of ways. So um, I think for me it was, you know, like, just, you know, being with Shane and – uh, just getting older and then realizing that, yeah, like I want to go through life and experience that. Like, I don't want to miss out on that experience. 
Um, mm. But it, it had a lot to do with, with Shane finding a, a like-minded partner for me. What about you? Yeah, for me, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is weird right now. <laughs> um, for me, I, I just felt like I was never going to be ready, but I always knew I wanted kids. And I figured, okay, I have a house, I have a wife. <laughs> I'm not ready, but I'm never going to be ready. So if I... <laughs> If I want these things, I better do them and figure them out as I go because, you know, I've been scared to pretty much do anything in my life and it's always kind of worked out after I've uh, taken the plunge. It's almost like the fear of doing it is worse than actually doing it. It is true Mm because you always adjust. That's the thing. Like you always adjust no matter how terrifying something is and you always make it work out. So if, if it's something that like you think you want, even if you don't like even like getting married and getting a house, like they're all big moves. Yeah, and I've kind of realized nobody knows what they're doing anyway. Like, it, before I started yeah. my job, I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. And then I got there, and I realized everyone was kind of as dumb as I was. So Everybody is dumb, mm-hmm. and nobody knows what they're doing. Some people might know, like, something about, like, one thing in, like, in particular, but nobody knows anything. And yeah. everybody's just figuring it out as they go along. Yeah, and baby's easier than I thought it would be, too. Like, I was so worried about it. <laughs> She's not that bad. She just goes wah, wah, and then you kind of jump her around a little bit, and then she stops crying. <laughs> well, sometimes they get bad rashes. Like, Luce's got a bad rash right she now. She does have a bad rash right now. Yeah. I called I called Shane uh, the other night because he had to watch her, and uh, he was freaking out is a good word. I wasn't had... freaking out. You were oh. calling me a hundred times at bath time. Well, I wanted to know how things were going. What mom calls at bath time? I... That's the last <laughs> time to call. I answer the phone at bath time all the time. Well, you're, my hands are wet. I'm dealing with a baby. And, uh, anyway, I don't think that's the point of the call, Alex. Just saying. Just, well, that's another example of figuring out as you go along. I guess, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a good support system. <laughs> it's true. Nicole, how how old are you? Because I know, are you in between my brother and I? She's 29, I bet. I'm 28. Oh, okay. 28. 28. Are you, you're the same age as Jake and Britt, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So are you in a relationship where you're thinking about having a kid, or are you just, like, not even in a relationship? I'm in... I, I'm in no relationships. Oh. <laughs> but you know you want to have a kid. Yeah, I mean, eventually. I mean, I guess I have to stop dating musicians if I want to get serious. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> I'd say if you want to move forward in life at all, you should stop dating musicians. Well, you never know. There's always that rare one who's the exception to the rule. So you never know. Well, one thing about Nicole. You know I... what? Juno nominated, Grammy nominated, they're all awful. I don't know. Max, Max is who's my close friend. Okay, he's an exception. I feel he's like an he's exception. the best guy in the world. I he, don't know. he is a really good guy. Yeah. But that's like a Yes, a but rare... you're not helping me. He's taken. Exactly. He's, true, he's yeah. a rare exception, though. Like a very rare exception, I think. Yeah. I don't know many musicians that I'd recommend to friends. Stay away from musicians, number one step to getting anything done. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> see, I was happy because when I first met Shane, like I... I I knew I had met him in the past, and I knew that we had worked on a music video together. But then mm-hmm. looking at his pictures on Instagram, uh, right before we went out, I was like, I wasn't positive that he wasn't a musician, so that was a fear. And uh, when I found out <laughs> definitively that he wasn't, I did breathe a sigh of relief, and uh, it was a really happy place to be in. Well, I was in a rap group when I was younger. Yes. That counts. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm, kind of, I'm kind of musical. I don't know how to play an instrument or sing or anything. <laughs> But yeah, they're uh, they're interesting raps too. Yeah, thank good. you, thank yeah, you. Creative mind. So in closing, I would say <laughs> step one: find a partner. <laughs> step two: just have a kid. Who cares? Yeah, partner or no, have a kid, and like when when you're ready. But 
yeah it's fun i say i say if you think you might want to do it i say go for it yeah no one's ever had a kid and they're like this is a huge regret well, I'm sure. Maybe some people have. Maybe. You've never met my parents. <laughs> yeah. No, I say go for it. As long as you have like good people around you, uh, like friends and things like that um, as a support system, because nobody will be feeling a change as much as the mother will. Um, just, you know, have those supports and have things lined up. And like, I didn't have things lined up until like we were like eight months pregnant. Yeah. And then we just oh well. Well, yeah. what helps too is you always think the everyone always says this too, like that any idiot can have a kid. So you always think yes. of the people dumber than you who have yes. children. Obviously, there's people way smarter than me who have kids. But there's so many people dumber than oh me. Oh my god, who are just nothing. Having kids. <laughs> nothing made me feel better than uh, driving around and seeing those people like hacking darts with their kids in the buggy. Yeah. And I just think, mm. oh my god, if these people are parents. Well, those people you want to yell at. Well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, like I think if, if they if they can feel confident enough to have kids. Yeah, but I feel bad for that kid in breathing in the secondhand smoke. But yeah, yeah I do feel good like I am better than those people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I say I say take take a walk around uh, downtown any city if you do uh, want to up your confidence, your childbearing confidence. All right. So Thanks, was guys. this helpful? <laughs> Um, I'll sit with it. All right. <laughs> Let us know. All right. Next time I see you, I, I want to see a big tummy. <laughs> okay. All right. Burritos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. Thanks so much. Hello? Hello, Veronica. This is Alex and Shane, your best friends. Hello? I don't from, <laughs> from this family tree. How's it going? Good. I was like, who's this Toronto number? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we still took you by surprise. Uh, even yeah. though you were expecting our call because, uh, yeah. you, you did say that you want to call in. Um, and you also yep. said that you are experiencing a really terrible migraine right now. So our condolences. Thanks. <laughs> what is your question, comment or whatever? Okay. I had a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was specifically to, well, help me as well as anybody that may have gone through similar situation either with what you had with lupus or with miscarriages and it's just how did you manage your stress levels during your pregnancy specifically when you were given uh, news about Lucy's health so I know you had a couple um, doctors tell you different situations that could be going on with Lucy so I was just wondering how you managed to get through that without really stressing yourself out yeah that's good that's a good question um (laughs) so it's always the hardest because People are like, oh, you can't be stressed out for the baby. It's bad for the baby. Be calm. Don't be stressed. And the more people are like, don't be stressed. Don't be stressed. It stresses you out, right? So (laughs) I think the first thing I want to do is just like anytime somebody said that, I just, I I, like do a mantra in my head and I just remind myself not to let that get to me and I just kind of let it wash over me. Um, But honestly, like little things like, deep breathing and it sounds silly but like deep breathing and positive thinking um, yeah and trying to just like you know put the outcome I wanted which is obviously a healthy baby out there and thinking about that thinking about life when the baby comes and her being healthy and her being okay um, but also like lots of crying 
I, I did. <laughs> I was. I woke up every morning and cried getting ready for work, and then I'd come home from work, and I'd cry, and then I'd take a nap for three hours, and then Shane would come home for mm-hmm. dinner, and then uh, I'd softly cry as I put myself to sleep for like <laughs> three months, and. Um, as much as that sounds dramatic, it was cathartic. Um, yeah. And, you know, just talking to Shane about it and, like, reassuring each other uh, was good. And I, like, wouldn't get my, mad at myself for crying and feeling every emotion I felt. I just let myself feel them um, because yep. I, I felt like any time I tried to stop myself from feeling what I was feeling, that's when I'd, like, actually get really stressed. Mm-hmm. But what is it? Well, for me... I remember I was on my lunch break and I was just walking around and then I got a call from Alex and then she was just like, Lucy tested positive for abnormalities. And then I was like, what does that mean? And you were like, she's going to have Down syndrome. But in, but the thing is, they said there was like, I there know. was a Down syndrome risk, but then the other risk, they're like, she could, she's likely to have this other thing that like would not even ensure that she survives past a couple days. Yeah. So instantly I just burst into tears and didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then, and, and then I looked it up and found out when the kid tests positive for abnormalities, there's, that just means there's a one in thirty chance that something's wrong, which is very high for a baby, but kind of low chance that something's actually wrong. If you were if you were to gamble, that'd be a pretty safe bet that it's not mm-hmm. going to happen, well, right? Our, but our... when you're dealing with a life, it's more serious. So then I just accepted yeah. the fact that. Lou would have Down syndrome, and then I did all the research on how we'd live if she was, and then uh, you kind of got used to it, the fact yeah. that you, we were just resigned to the fact that she's going to have Down syndrome, and then when we found out she didn't, it was weird. It we was- weren't even that relieved. We were almost disappointed <laughs> we got so used to we, it. We had pictured like Lucy with Down syndrome for like two months, and uh that's just how we were picturing her and like i like i said like yeah you know just imagining that positive it outcome sounds strange but yeah where like she comes <laughs> out not having like trisomy is it 18 down syndrome's trisomy 21 right i and then, don't know I, so we i were, don't know we either were, <laughs> we were picturing her like not having trisomy 18 because that would mean like there's she probably wouldn't survive so we were like focusing on the positive her having down syndrome and then yeah when we found out she wouldn't we we're like well we've just been picturing something different and then it was weird to have like our future the vision of our future kind of change um yeah but yeah I think a lot of for us too we researched everything and like Mm -hmm. the doctors like oh don't look online whatever and like we stayed off of message groups where it was all doom and gloom but we we tried to do as much like scientific research as we could just so that like we had a baseline of the facts I think V how do you you usually cope with stress oh I cry yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. So I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I find it helpful. I cry a lot too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like just talking about it now. I was like tearing up. Yeah, I know. I was looking. Yeah, I think I cry and I talk it out. So very similar. Yeah. Like my and, husband hears a lot of it. So. Mm-hmm. And it, just as long no, as that's good. You guys, d- I like, do agree with the power of positivity, though. I find that goes a long, long way. Oh my God! Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, no, positivity, crying, talking, anything where you can find that catharsis is, is so huge. And like for some people, who knows, that could be like yoga or something. For me, mm-hmm. I'd probably just like cry during yoga. So that, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. something I was about to just try. Just ignore me off to the side here. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. 
<laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah. do do you go for uh, just sit in the rain, sit in the bathtub, go for yep, a cry. The bathtub mm-hmm. is key for sure. Right, <laughs> so it's just a nice warm place where you could cry in peace. Yeah. It's better to get it out than bottle it in. So that's great. That no. was really good. Yeah, absolutely. But um, V, we hope that you have uh, a better day, better rest of your day than you had this morning with your migraine. I hope migraine. so too. Mm-hmm. Hoping the Tylenol kicks in. Heck yeah. Get Jared massages in your, your temples. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank you so, so much for taking a call, even though you're not feeling the yeah, best. Thanks for calling me. Happy to ask some questions and get some answers. That was great. Oh, All right. Well, love you lots. Have a good one. Love you too. All right. Bye. bye. Yeah, that was hard. It was hard to give advice because it, it just brought me back to that time. No, I know. That was <clears throat> that was very difficult. I, I don't like being there, and I really hope that uh, next pregnancy, oh, God, I hope it's easier in that regard because I can't imagine getting all that information again because I, I don't think that even having been through it once will mm-hmm. change anything, and I just think it'll be harder going back home to Lucy. Well, you broke that news very poorly to oh, me babe, too. I must say, I couldn't. I couldn't sit on it though. I had to call you right away. Like I, I couldn't sit on it by but myself. But I, I wish when you had told me that news, you had. Um, I don't. <laughs> I wish you had uh, done the research. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't it's like even. The first person to find out the news needs to, like, that's in shock, and then you need to say it the best way possible to break it to the partner, so they don't freak out. Like oh, I was at work. I know, I know, I know. I wasn't. At, I wasn't at work, and I should have used that opportunity to do the research. But where I was in my headspace, like I was just crying so hard that I couldn't mm-hmm. even stop and look at my phone. Like I was like shaking. I was having a hard time breathing. Like I was just panicking. But and, when, uh, when you called me, did you know that there was a very low chance, even though she tested positive, that it would? No. Be? And here's the thing: when they uh, did more testing, yeah. I was actually at quite a high. I was one in 22, which is high. Because when you test positive, it's, I believe, one in 250. And then I tested one in 22 of that positive. Right. So we we had a, it was a very high chance. And I'm not sure why, because the nuchal translucency, so that's like the fluid at the back of the neck. I know what nuchal translucency <laughs> is. But that was normal. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was normal because I had the, I had the picture of my ultrasound mm-hmm. and I saw the measurement. And I researched what measurement was normal, and it was in the normal range. So it had to do with my blood uh, and the blood work that they did and had to do with lupus, ultimately just kind of altering things, uh, just as lupus, you know, gave us several scares. Because it turned out, like, every time I got tested, not only would it be positive, but I'd be, like, in the ultra-positive category. And, like, Mm -hmm. even Lucy had um, neonatal lupus uh, because she got my antibodies from the placenta and like it's such a rare chance that that would happen even if you are a woman with lupus Mm -hmm. and we just sat right in that rare category and then when she was at risk of what was it cardio wait what was it called oh uh yeah she had that heart she was gonna have a heart surgery at one point Mm -hmm. coarctation of the aorta yeah yeah. coarctation of the aorta i remember that that. was a scary two or three months too geez yeah it really uh put us through the ringer of that that pregnancy eh? oh my god and so so the idea was for up until like what three weeks before she was born Mm -hmm. the idea was lucy was going to be born and then instantly have heart surgery Mm -hmm. so we were gonna have to give birth like an hour and a half away from where we live uh because it was connected to a hospital that had the facilities to do heart surgery on infants Mm -hmm. on newborns 
And that was that was so scary. And then I was having to go to appointments not only in our city but mm-hmm. in Toronto. Um, well, and then they told us after they told us that she wasn't going to need the heart <laughs> surgery, which was good news. They told us that she was very underweight and that she was going to be four <laughs> pounds. And I was like, "Geez, I'm going to have a four pound daughter. Oh my goodness, that's that seems scary underweight." Yeah. So they and induced sure enough, me. she popped out no. seven pounds. Yeah. But she was just a very long baby. So when she scrunched up, she looked tinier than she actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everything she, right up. Like, honestly, it was like from the second I even got pregnant because I had doctors warning me for years that I probably wouldn't even be able to get pregnant. And if I did, you know, all these terrible things would probably happen to literally like the second we gave birth and saw that she was 7.1 pounds. It was terrifying because we were constantly getting information that uh you know told us that she was going to be unhealthy told told us that you know birth would could be dangerous for me like everything like it was it was a terrible situation and i really i really hope that with number two maybe just like my body's more used to it or knows what's going on and can help me out like bodies are amazing mm. hopefully it can help me out and not put I us hope through the you're able to have another kid i i think so what would your thoughts be on, let's say you couldn't have a kid, mm-hmm. but we use a surrogate woman. Like, I just have sex with her once. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it involved, I don't no know how chance. it works, admittedly. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no, no, but I just, um, I guess, I think you give the sperm uh, via turkey based, I believe. I think that's the technical term, right? They might have updated the technology. The point <laughs> is, process or not, no, being correct, um, would you be okay with having a surrogate um, woman? If I couldn't have kids, maybe, yeah. yeah. Would you want the woman to look like you? Oh, babe, they'd use my egg. That's what happens with surrogacy. Oh, <laughs> oh I don't know. I know nothing. With surrogacy, so they'd use, they'd, the doctors would implant your sperm on my egg, and then they'd implant that in the woman's uterus, hmm. and then she would grow our child. That's weird. If it was somebody else's egg with your sperm, I'd say, no, let's adopt. Right. But, uh, no, as surrogacy works, it would be our child. Hey, kitty, you keep it down over there. We have the cat here. But, uh, okay. Let's say it it couldn't it was my sperm, but it wasn't going to be you, mm-hmm. and that was the only way to have a kid. And we couldn't adopt for some reason. <laughs> Would you want the woman to look like you? I'd say screw it. We're not doing it. No, you have to. I oh, have to. Yeah, I'm just creating this yes, scenario. Yes, yes, I would prefer would. she looked like me. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. This is a weird podcast because this has been like two it's, and a half weeks to record this, but it, it uh, will, we'll continue Once later. it's over, it will have taken place over four or five days. Yeah. It's insane. This and could be the best podcast ever or the worst. What do you think, Daisy? <laughs> All right. <That> well <laughs> okay. All uh, right. Until we record again, uh, I guess. Until we record again. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. And <laughs> instead of Shane with me today... I've got Lucy, and she is being a joy. This is Leap Nine. Enjoy it, Lucy. Soak it up, honey pie. What do you have to tell everybody? And there you have it, right from the demon's mouth. So Shane is at a diaper party today, which is why I've had to switch up podcasting partners. And I have to say, honey, I love you. But you are nowhere as near as good as daddy when it comes to podcasting. 
All right. So if you didn't catch it the first time, we are having Maggie Moore of Get More Sleep. Uh, she's a sleep coach, and we've had her on this family tree several times before to answer questions about sleep training, naps, how leaps affect sleep and sleep regressions, things like that. So she's fantastic. We're having troubles right now, and uh, pretty necessary to give her a call. Hey everyone, so I want to do an editor's note. Shane wasn't here with me on this day and I suck at trying to use the audio equipment. So my audio is recorded through the camera, which it shouldn't be, and the caller's audio is recorded properly through the mic. That's why you're going to hear a really weird discrepancy. Hello. First of all, thank you so much for taking our call. Yeah, of course. Are you able to, uh, just for those who haven't uh, seen your takeovers or seen when we've spoken before on um, this family tree, just kind of a rundown of what you do? Yeah, so um, I am a pediatric sleep consultant, so I help families um, get more sleep, which is the name of my business is More Sleep. But really what that means is um, if they have a newborn, I help them set a healthy sleep foundation for what newborn sleep is. And if they have an infant and it's time to sleep train, I give them um solutions and methods that they can use along with schedule information that makes sleep training that much easier. They have older kids, um, toddler and preschool age. I can also help them get their little ones to sleep. And a lot of the times um, the sleep challenges there just are different because some of them are behavior and some of them are habit. And so it changes with each age what we're trying to address. But that's essentially what I do. And this came from a place of my son not sleeping when he was born. And um, I used a sleep consultant and it made a huge difference in my life. So I wanted to be able to do the same thing for other people. That's awesome. Um, is there one age group that you find you work with the most? Um, mostly I would say infants, um, 16 weeks. So about three and a half, four months to a year old is the age that I work with the most. When everybody's just exhausted and looking for a way out. Yeah. And especially, you know, because you are a first time mom too. So when you're a first time parent, you're going from like single life and not single as in like you don't have a partner but like you don't have a kid so like you can do whatever you want you can sleep till 10 you can go out to dinner at nine I mean you can do whatever and that adjustment to um having a child and things changing and not sleeping and you can't just leave your house like in five minutes you know especially when they're infants you have a baby carrier and a and a diaper bag and all of those things and it's just a it's a steep learning curve. So I think that it's always like a, a shock to the system for those parents. So I would say I work with a lot of first time parents, but I say that I work with a lot of parents that have like one kid that was like a miracle sleeper, a perfect sleeper, and then their second kid isn't that way. And they're like, we have no idea. So yeah, we've been, we've been talking for a long time. And I told you what I felt comfortable with right off the bat was, which was like, hey, I don't mind doing a little bit of cry it out. And you were so great at kind of taking what I was willing to do and what I was comfortable doing. And then, you know, kind of creating something that we could do. And it was always kind of a loosey goosey thing. Uh, with Lucy, but I imagine with some other people, you know, they're not comfortable with crying. They have rigid uh, expectations of what they want to do just because that's their personality or whatever. So you kind of formulate plans from what I understand to their needs, right? Yeah. So I, I'll, what I have found is if I say, 
do this and that a family is not comfortable doing that, they're not going to follow through um, because that's not something they feel comfortable doing. So we always start from a place of this is what we feel comfortable doing, and then we build from there. But also setting appropriate expectations. The more direct you are with the sleep training method that you choose, um, the quicker you will see results. So we can't do a really gentle method and expect it to get better in two nights because that's just not the way that it works. So it's a combination of saying, Hey, this is what I feel comfortable with. And that's totally good. I never make anybody do anything they're not comfortable with. And then saying, Hey, but this is how long it's going to take. So it's really important that parents know, like, it's totally good to choose that method, but it might take longer than, than you're willing to um, stick it out for. So it's good to have, know that ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're having major sleep problems right now, different okay. than, <laughs> different than we've had in the past. So we had sleep, uh, sleep training pretty down, you know, some things would throw us off like teething or being away, but we'd always get back yep. on track. Um, however now, okay. Night times are fine. Night times are great. Uh, we really have nighttime in a good spot, but for the past three or so weeks, our naps have been hell like actual hell i will put her down like you know 15 minutes before i expect her to fall asleep and then instead mm -hmm. of taking that 15 minutes to kind of self-soothe and like go to sleep she's now taking like i don't know what's going on or if i'm handling this properly but she's taking like 45 minutes to go to sleep to fall so, asleep how old is lucy now i know she's over a year yeah she's she's 14 months so now right. it's like i put her down and she'll so I'll put her down and she'll cry and then after a couple minutes of crying she'll play and then she'll just play in her crib for like an hour and then right before she falls asleep she'll cry for two minutes and then she's out um what are the wake times that you're using like so she wakes up is this for the first nap or second nap or both both and it's been like this for the past three or so weeks uh and I've been trying so like just nothing I can do that I've been doing uh, has been helpful. Like it's just been, it's been so annoying. And then she sleeps and she'll sleep for an hour each time, but it just, it takes so long for her to get to that point. And then I noticed on my phone yesterday, I had a notification that said, oh, welcome to leap nine. So we're going through a developmental leap. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But I just, I don't know how to handle her nap times. Like, it's leaving her there to play. And yeah, I definitely, if you, yeah, I definitely wouldn't interfere. Because one of the things that happens, especially as kids get older, is if we do something different, it shows them that if I do something different, it changes mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad's behavior. Um, so we want to make sure that we're not doing that because then they're like, oh, well, if I play in here for 45 minutes or I play for a little bit, she's going to come in and she's going to do something different. So um, what are the wake times that you're using in between, like when she wakes up in her first nap? So how long is she awake before you lay her down? Well, I do like two, three, and four still. Okay. So I would change it. So I would change it to the eventual goal is three, three and a half three and a half. Okay. So I would do, I would slowly stretch starting in the middle every, add 15 minutes to her wake time, which, um, add 15 minutes to her wake time every 
three to five days. So I would start in the middle at like three, you're at three now. So try three and uh, 15 minutes and then go to the first wake time and add 15 minutes and then cut back on the last wake time. Okay. So then she's like, it's not going to change her bedtimes that much. No, it won't. And, and you can honestly, four hours is a little bit probably long for her age. So you could dial it back to three, three hours and 45 minutes going into the crib at three and a half. Is she playing for bedtime too? No. Bedtime, she hits her head down and she's out. So bed, bedtime is nice and quick. I would, I would adjust that wake time last and focus on stretching the first two every couple of days and then see where you're at. If she starts to wake up early in the morning, so if she starts to wake up at, um, let's say, earlier than 6 o'clock, then we want to dial back that wake time, that last wake time, because that is a good indicator that her last wake time is too long if she is waking up earlier than 6 o'clock. Yes, that is the number one reason that early wake-ups happen, is because the wake time between bed or the last nap of the day and bed is too long. See, you'd think that'd be the opposite. That's fascinating. Yep. A lot of parents think, and you hear this a lot when you have um, an infant, like parents or people will tell you, like, keep them up so they'll sleep in. Nope. All you're doing is robbing them of restorative sleep because night sleep is the most restorative sleep that you can get. So if we're keeping them up so we can get them to sleep in later, um, they're not going to sleep in later and they're just going to become overtired. See, I always like, I've always known that sleep begets sleep. And, you know, mm -hmm. good naps equal a better night's sleep. And if she misses a nap, night sleep is like a disaster. But I didn't know that the last wake time could affect it that much and how yep. waking up early. I thought it meant like more wake ups in the night or something. But I definitely nope. do not want to be waking up at 5 a.m. Like that's. No, 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 no. Right. So that would be, that would be what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So, but, and as is, like if she still has a hard time uh, falling asleep and still taking a long time, I, I let her do it, right? Because I don't want to show that I'm willing yep. to kind of change you routine. Yep. You don't want to interfere at all. Obviously, if you're concerned for a medical reason, then you would. But if it's just normal playing and talking, then um, I would just leave her as is. And that's a really good indicator that um, a lot of playing before going to sleep is a good indicator that we need a longer wake time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's good to know. Um, and is there a sleep regression around this time or is this just us? 14 months, not typically. In my experience, sleep regressions coincide with um, nap transitions. So you think about the four-month sleep regression, that's when circadian rhythms come into place and sleep is a little bit more um, organized. So that's the reason that sleep regression happens. The next big one is around eight to nine months which is when the um, two to one, or I'm sorry, three to two nap transition happens. And a lot of the times parents don't make adjustments to bedtime for that. So you think if you're dropping a nap, you're losing a little bit of sleep there, even though that third nap doesn't really have a ton of restorative value. So you want to go to bed earlier. Those babies want to go to bed earlier to make up for the sleep that they're missing out on. So a lot of the times a nap transition or causes a sleep regression there. And then the next one would be around 15 to 18 months because that's when typically kids go from two naps to one nap. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and that sorry oh yeah when should so like we're at two naps right now i think we mm -hmm. went from three naps to two naps around like six or seven months does that make sense i'm trying to remember maybe seven months it's typically around eight to nine months okay okay that's probably what it was then um and then i think i think it was seven or eight is when we did it um yep but then when when do i start making the transition to one uh hold out as long as you can hell yeah i that's my fear, I, I love the two nap times so I can have two different relaxing times in the day. Like, I do not want to go to one. A lot of parents love the one nap because it means longer wake times and it's easier to get out of the house. Um, so I always say hold on as long as you can and don't make the transition until 15 to 18 months. And once you do start to make the transition, it's a slow transition. We don't want to do anything too quickly because that's a good way for your little one to become overtired. Okay. Okay. That's a good thing. Yep. So I'll probably need to get you back on the line when that time comes. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course. Um, and one last thing. So like, you know, I have a very, um, a routine that I'm very comfortable with that we do for nighttime for night wake ups, mm -hmm. uh, which is like, I set my alarm. If she wakes up, I turn down the monitor and then I set my alarm for 15 minutes so that I can fall back asleep and then in 15 minutes, if she's still awake, that I can decide what to do. But usually she falls back asleep within five. So mm -hmm. I was telling my mom this and she kind of reprimanded me and she goes, well, Alex, like Lucy's at the age where she's gonna have nightmares. And if she's having a nightmare, you have to go comfort her. And then at first I was like, ugh. But then like I had Sesame Street on and there was a commercial for Moana after Sesame Street. And then mm -hmm. Maui, like The Rock, comes on the screen yeah. and she started screaming and shaking and I have, I've never seen her scared like that. So I'm like, oh my God, is it possible that she's having nightmares about The Rock? Uh, I mean, it's not not possible, but if she's having a nightmare, I mean, she would not probably go back to sleep. More likely she's waking up and maybe having a night cry or something like that. But I would not say that it's probably as a result of having a nightmare. So I would continue to do what you're doing because again, you don't want to, you don't want to establish um, any bad habits. And so if she didn't go back to sleep, then I would say to go in there and check on her because it could be that she's sick or something like that. You know, they can get a fever in the middle of the night or whatever it is. So, but if you're doing what you're doing, so she wakes up, you turn the monitor down, set your alarm for 15 minutes, and when the alarm goes off, she's back to sleep, I would say I would continue to do what you're doing. So here's another editor's note. At this point in the call, the camera actually died, so then none of my audio was recorded. The question that I do ask is in regards to night terrors and when kids start having them. Uh, if it's possible, Lucy might start having them soon. My younger brother used to have night terrors and it was like the worst thing uh, that my mom went through. He didn't ever really remember, but it was a really scary time. So not looking forward to that if it's a possibility. Well, night terrors is something totally different than nightmares. Um, and not every child has night terrors and they can be related to a nightmare can be related to like a change in you know school or the environment that they sleep in or something they saw on TV or you know something that they observed. Night terrors 
are totally different. When your child has a night terror, they're, you go in there and they're totally out of it. They couldn't tell you what happened. It's more traumatizing for the parent than it is for um, the child. They're, they're totally out of it. So it's something completely different. And it's not as common as you would think. I thanked her. You're welcome. Have a great one. All right, bye-bye. After a few days, Shane came back and we did another recording session. So who are we calling here? All right, so we are calling Judel Janoska, uh, who is a friend of a friend. We are introduced online, uh, and she is an Ottawa socialite, from what I can tell. Uh, she looks good all the time, does a lot socialite. of swimming. Is that a term of endearment? Is, yes. No? I Well, I'm definitely uh, jealous. Yeah, but I don't know if people like to be called a socialite. She has I'm hashtag socialite in her oh, okay. bio. Maybe she does then. Yeah. There goes that theory. All right, so let's check it out. What's her Instagram handle for the people at home? Judel Janoska. Oh, that, <clears throat> no, I'm no. sure that's easy enough to spell. Judel J J O U D E L J. With an at symbol before that. Yes, with okay. an at symbol. Let's see. Are you going to say hello? No, you are. All right. You're going to run this. You're jumping in. Hello. Hi, Judel. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. We are so thrilled to be talking to you. Uh, this is total boss babe, Judel Janoska. But do you go by Jody? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, I was introduced to you uh, kind of virtually through Matab. Yes, she's absolutely wonderful. We actually met at the start of a race. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we we trained for a 5k separately and we met each other at the starting line about five years ago oh that's amazing wow. what a way to meet a friend <laughs> and it, but somebody even that you're gonna continue on talking to that's amazing yeah the conversation started over sunblock and it continued <laughs> from there wow <laughs> do you still race <laughs> I do, actually. Not as much as I'd like to because life takes over, as you know. Of course. <laughs> but I try my best to make every opportunity I can to get moving. So speaking of life taking over, so like my life is completely taken over by one one-year-old. However, <laughs> you have, and I'm going to quote your uh, bio here, but you have a basket full of kids. You have four kids, Trudell. Yes. Yes, I do. All mine. All made by me. <laughs> Not bought. <laughs> but that is insane. How like how do you manage? Because, I mean, it's so easy to get frazzled. How do you manage to, you know, have a family of four and still manage a successful lifestyle blog and, you know, be a digital creator? My, yeah, that is, I get that question every day. It's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are... 12, 11, 10, and 8. Um, it is complete chaos. It's a different <laughs> kind of chaos from having a little human, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say the needs get a little greater when they get older. Um, mm -hmm. I spent most of their early years trying to save their lives. <laughs> and now I get concerned when they're quiet and doing things privately. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but, you know, like everything in life, you get caught up in the moment um, and we make it a point of making time for the things we need to do with all of the kids, including them where we can. And, of course, making room 
for what we feel is important with our careers. So when it comes to that mentality of having um, a village to help you, there's no village. You're it. Well, and with four kids, like you have a village to take care of. So that is is an incredible uh, situation to be in. But you seem like you do it well. I mean, you make it look easy. You make me (laughs) jealous with how easy it looks. I'm sure it's not. And I know, um, of course, you're going to be, you know, going through things. Uh, but you do make it look easy, Dudel. So that is why I do love following you because uh, it is, it's very aspirational. It's calming almost. Uh, and I do appreciate that you are, you seem like a family who appreciates quality over quantity yes. and, you know, quality time and experiences over just, you know, doing random things. Um, so what are your favorite things to do as a family? Like what, how do you like to keep them busy? So you hit it dead on. We love spending quality time together on a daily. I get messages constantly from people saying that I make it look easy. And so, you know, if you weren't this nice, I would actually not like you very much. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm able to put out that lovely Zen face, even though my kids are, you know, tackling each other in the background. But, you know, there's some key elements to running life and keeping them busy as long as they are happy and healthy you can do anything so Mm -hmm. I think with the foundation of that you've got it right there the kids love spending time in the great outdoors and that's what we do we live on a lovely property we tell them that we've made siblings for them to hang out with (laughs) (laughs) that tells them they should be bored right now (laughs) so road trips are one of the great uh, things that we do together as a family. I was just telling somebody at the gas station in Montreal <laughs> a few hours ago. He said, listen, I follow you on Instagram. And I said, okay, that's great. <laughs> Thank you so much. And he says, wow. He says, you guys are all over the place. And I said, yeah, it's true. Because when we're in the car, when we're seeing a new city and a new destination, we get a chance to really bond. Mm-hmm. And it's over natural elements that don't cost anything. It's just us hanging out as a family because these are the moments in our lives where we can. Everybody's going to get older and have other interests. And when kids are older, um, we can't make them like what we like. Mm-hmm. We can only base it on the fundamental values of what we do together as a family and hope that a few things stick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I feel that uh, so much. And, you know, my favorite memories from growing up are with my parents, you know, driving to go camping in Tobermory and things like that. And even though we took a break when we got a little too cool for my parents, uh, you know, we still like to do those things now that we're all adults. And it's it's that foundation, I think, that's so important. Yes, yes. And the truth is that some days, you know, some journeys are not as easy as others, like everything in life. I remember having very small children, uh, four, three, two and one. Oh, my God. And <laughs> some kids were in pull-ups and some were being potty trained and one child was breastfeeding. And I, we decided to go all the way from Ottawa to New York City. Oh, and uh, yeah. Wait, how long <laughs> is that drive? Uh, it's probably about seven and a half hours, but with feeding and stopping, it probably took about 11. Oh and my in goodness. my mind, it felt like one whole day. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> because the thing is, you, you 
forewarn everybody, if you're hungry or if you need to go to the washroom or if you need something, let me know. But of (laughs) course, they choose the last moment. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like right after you leave the rest station, right? Somebody else has to pee. That's always how it is. Or they have a complete meltdown. Just one of those (laughs) things that happened. Um, Shane and I right now are planning a vacation we want to take with our daughter uh, at the end of the summer. So I was curious if you had uh, two suggestions for me. One suggestion for uh, your favorite family-friendly holiday. uh, And then one uh, possibly just for Shane and I. A couple-friendly location. Yes, absolutely. So it, it all depends whether you want to keep it in Canada, which is great because Canada is huge. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the truth is when you're going with your baby, what you have in your bag, you could probably go across the world with. Oh, no kidding. If you think about it, you could show up at the airport and be in another country. That's no how I feel constantly. It takes the same amount of work to pack the car to go come to Ottawa as it would for you to go all the way to England I feel like that when we go to the beach and (laughs) like that's just the beach but yeah we'll say we'll stick to Canada because I I do know a lot of Canadians are listeners and for those that aren't uh Canada is an amazing place to travel to so what would what would be your Canadian suggestions so I have to tell you that I'm also planning a little road trip because, oh, nice. you know, we, we love to break the holiday up. And next week we're going to Sandbanks and we're going to be exploring the Picton area. Oh, we love so, it there. Yeah, it's so stunning. So we're taking all the bikes and we've got, you know, we packed the ATV and we're going from winery to winery we phone ahead to let them know that there's going to be kids because they do allow kids on certain tours so they get little mini wine glasses for them mini wine glasses (laughs) and they actually get a grape juice and they feel part of that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) they get get dark chocolate and they feel like it's the best thing ever none of the hard stuff Um, (laughs) (laughs) so you know the the thing is we want the kids to know that these take places exist mm-hmm. and we could go to them there's beautiful places just around the corner within an hour hours of where you live i just had yeah. one last question before we uh take too much of your time i just wanted to know since you have a 12 year old often you hear like that is the earliest a child could ever become like a, a babysitter now i'm wondering if yeah. you, can a can a 12 year old take care of three other kids or is that a little too much responsibility like, do you allow that ever? I'm going to say that it's too much responsibility. I often tell people that my kids are dangerous by numbers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the mob mentality. <laughs> because in, in a setting of four children, the oldest child seems to think he's the youngest, always. So he doesn't want to ever take responsibility for being the oldest <laughs> and having to be in charge of the youngest, so he'd rather be him. Of course. So... That gets him into a lot of trouble, for example, losing down my stairs, um, you know, and stuff like that. So (laughs) I would say um, I had this record-breaking moment about two weeks ago, and my older boys got to stay home for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it was within an hour and a half, uh, you know, before I got back home. And it felt so weird that they were checking in to say, don't forget to buy popcorn on your way home. So we just watching the show. And, and then one, one boy actually called me to say, all showered up, everything's clean, we'll put the lights off when we're done. And I was like, I, I love you in, even more. That's pretty amazing. I love you. How could you not? <laughs> yeah. so That's... I think they, 
they want to get to that stage where they're independent and they want you to trust them. Mm-hmm. And um, it is such a great moment in life because you feel a sense of reward for all the work you've put in. So we've only got 11 years, Shane, until we're home free. Can't, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, and guess what? Girls actually get way more mature than boys. So, so what, 10 years? I'm telling you. <laughs> it's around it. the corner. Well, it's around the corner. Jody, I really want to uh, tell you thank you. And we, we really appreciate you giving us so much of your time tonight. Uh, it's been so wonderful to finally chat with you. Uh, and, and you as well. I'm oh. grateful. Oh, thank you so much. But really, thank you. And uh, it's been lovely to get to know you. And you as well. Let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, Jody. Okay, you as well. Okay, Bye-bye. Take care. That woman has quite the life, it sounds like. I'm jealous. Socialite. Hashtag socialite. What did I tell you? But just because you use a socialite hashtag, does that mean it's something you'd like to be referred to? Because she seems like <laughs> okay. uh, she's a lot more than that. Though she got... Uh, into a lot of her lifestyle she didn't even touch the fact that she uh hosts events for the cancer association Mm -hmm. things like that she's really active in that kind of thing so here it says she is on her uh, instagram bio digital creator your resource for style beauty lifestyle events complete hashtag socialite whole lot of happy mama four so hell of a life and uh i would say that we need to become better friends with Jody Janoska. Wow, you're really a social climber, I would guess would be your. Uh, have you title. seen her pool? I haven't. Who's that? Pizza. Oh, Tiffany. Is it? Babysitter. One second. It's, it's babysitter. Okay. We got a date night. At this point, we stopped recording to go on a date night, and then we resumed a week later. All right. <clears throat> we were bickering uh, quite a bit last week, and yeah, for maybe, you know, like just on and off for maybe a week and a half. So uh, you set up a date night. You called your sister to come over once she was asleep. And you and I went out. Uh, we went for to a brewery. We went dancing. And we came home. We had such a great night. Um, so that's from my perspective. But do you think that it helped overall uh, and not just for that night? And how often do you think uh, couples should make time for date nights like to get out of the cycle of monotony and work and house stuff? I think at a bare minimum, once every three weeks. I think that is a perfect amount of time. Uh, and at the three-week part, you're probably just, if you're not actually going on a date after three weeks, you should be thinking about it and planning it after three weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, if you work out all week, you're going to want to eat a pizza maybe after that Friday and if not that Friday you're certainly not going to go two weeks with putting on all that work without having a reprieve with food and I think it's like that for fun too mm-hmm. if you're not having fun and that's building up it's going to manifest itself in maybe ways where you're getting in arguments not about necessarily what you're arguing over but just you have all this pent-up frustration from not having fun mm-hmm. and so I find when people are arguing usually they're arguing over other things that are creeping into their mind that's frustrating them that but uh yeah and and what was there was this was a two-part question yeah so the first one was uh do you think it helped us like going out do you think that well yeah i think it i think it helped us i think going out helps everyone mind you you tend to think like i came home from a bachelor party and you thought we were getting divorced when i got back so you were a little bit more doom and gloomy than me. like, And then it took like two or three days for you to treat me normal. 
and uh, yeah, you're you're probably generally your base level is probably more positive than me. But overall, I would say with the roller coaster of emotions you tend to go through, you're probably actually secretly more down than me. Mm. I just have a more baseline normalcy than you. Yeah, I think I think I really appreciate uh, nights out like a ton um, because like we'll have the greatest time like just on a Tuesday after work. Although you don't get back until eight eight thirty, we have dinner. By the time dinner is done, it's nine o'clock. And mm-hmm. we go upstairs by 10. So it's like we're laying on the couch watching TV, cuddling. And although that's super nice, it's I like to be in the environment that we were in when we started dating, when we fell in love, when we were having a lot of fun like that. Uh, just to break it up, because if we're in the house, you know, five days a week. And like you said, three weeks is a great baseline. I think that is so good uh, because that's 15 days of just... 15 days oh my god my math sorry I was saying five days in a week uh 21 days of just kind of doing the same thing and I think it's so good like when we went out first of all we went to our favorite brewery had some great food that was delicious then once we were feeling pretty loose we went to a dance club that nobody was dancing at so Shane like he did when we were first starting he just got right on the dance floor and you were busting loose you were doing a real good job and then I started dancing with you and then the entire club started dancing after like 20 minutes of just you and I dancing alone and making our own requests. And there was a very funny DJ. He was probably oh, in his best. early to mid 80s. And he was playing the drums. Like he had, what is that drum He had a hi-hat. Called? He had a hi-hat that he played along to like Cardi, Cardi B. B. <laughs> and he had a electronic drum kit with him also so he would play the electronic drums (laughs) along with the existing song accompanying him basically and then anytime there was a part to hit the snare or hi-hat he would then he would he had a microphone in which he would kind of ridicule us with yeah he was tearing us apart uh talking about oh everyone take it easy they don't get out much yeah because like classic alex fashion (laughs) she's like listen we're two parents our kids at home i just wanted him to play my song i know but you didn't know like i did because i'd been to this bar before that this guy will use that info against you so he's like all right we have a couple of parents here don't get out much and then you know all eyes are on us so obviously i had to take matters into my own hands. well clearly i don't get out much and it was a very necessary night for me yeah it was good though it was so good it was mm-hmm. so good. Did you feel like we were young again? I always feel young. I meant like together, you doofus. Like as a couple, did you feel like we were uh, like pre-baby? Yeah, I everything did. Again? Yes, I did. Let's do a writing question. All right. So this writing question is from Claire Michelle. She says, hey, in regards to the podcast, I have a question. My son is 10 months old and starting to have tantrums when he doesn't get his way. For example, it doesn't want to go to bed, doesn't want to go to the grocery store whatever. It seems like this has happened out of nowhere. He has even bit me the other day. Has Lucy gone through this? Does she have tantrums? When did you start seeing them and how did you cope? Any advice to dad, sorry, any advice to getting dad not to cave in? Thanks. Sorry, I, wait, I don't get the end part. Getting dad not to cave so, in. So, because I'm assuming so when the kid is tantruming, uh, the dad caves in and gives him what he wants. So like if Lucy is tantruming because I take the TV changer away from her, Mm-hmm. She has to learn. She's not allowed to have it. But then if you were to go in and just give it to her again, 
so that she doesn't cry, mm-hmm. right? Then you would be caving in. So what's good and something we learned from the last podcast mm-hmm. I when we had the, uh, what was that woman called? A uh, parent she, coach? She, yeah, a parent coach. So she was saying uh, from basically the age of like 12 to 15 mm-hmm. months, you can pretty easily distract your child. So they have a, a very low short-term memory. So if they're angry about something, you kind of just jiggle your keys in its face or change the subject mm-hmm. and they will become very easily distracted. Uh, case in point, today Lou smashed her head pretty hard yeah. on the coffee table. She tripped. I tried to catch her, but I caught her just as her face made contact with the coffee table corner. It's a nightmare for me. So I'm thinking, oh, Lou's mouth is going to be filled with blood. She chipped a tooth, whatever. She didn't, but she did bump her lip very, very hard and was crying uncontrollably. So just taking that woman's advice, even when it comes to something like hurting yourself, the child can be distracted. So I I brought her outside Mm -hmm. and I started pointing at her slide and she's like, no, I don't want to go on the slide. I want to play in the water center. And then she was all excited to go play with her water center. Mind you, our water center was too dirty to play in, (laughs) but we are, we, we put Lou's head in a completely different space. And before you know it, now she's disappointed. She can't play in the water center. And then I, I run her upstairs and now she's just happy that I'm running with her and she's jumping up and down. And then she sees you mm-hmm. and, uh, sitting on the couch. And she's like, that's my mom. And then she's all happy. And then she started. She was so cute when you brought her in. Yeah. She was the happiest Because baby it's all based on constantly distracting them. Now, this won't work probably when they're once they get to a certain level of intelligence. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think you're in a pretty good sweet spot for the distraction technique. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, another thing, if you remember um, what that woman, her name was Terry Manrique or Terry Manrique, uh, she said, apply the CPR method. So it was compassion, respect, and patience for your child. So if your kid is tantruming and going nuts, like Lou will toss her back, like she'll toss herself backwards and like fly off the couch. She'll throw her head into the wall. She'll like slap herself on the face. And it's scary. She's and basically like one of the three stooges. When she's, <laughs> she's all three stooges. Instead she's of mostly out, curly, I find. Well, it's like instead of poking out somebody else's eyes, she's like going for her own. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you would apply, you know, I know why you're upset. You wanted that toy. I get it. But you can't cave in and you just have to have patience and kind of let them experience the emotions that they're having and let them feel what they're feeling and work through it on their own and just kind of be by them as they're experiencing it and just have patience for them to get through it. And then. But you, let's say you're out at a restaurant. You don't really have time to no, be patient. No, that's a good That's point. why I'm saying the distraction technique mm-hmm. is numero uno. Yeah. Up until their intelligence reaches a point where they're yeah. like, no, I'm those keys you're jingling do nothing to me i actually want that lollipop no big time but at home i would say that letting them work through their feelings is is pretty huge but yeah i i I wouldn't do that at a restaurant always good to have something else in your back pocket okay so i solved that problem what is the next question (laughs) all right do you want to ask one sure so this is your own question that you are asking me it is okay oh this is topical Mm-hmm. What's your best tip for handling a baby, our baby, at a restaurant? The reason I bring this up is Lou was going a little cuckoo today when we tried to go out. I had a restaurant tea. question too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was going cuckoo. So Shane and I went to a restaurant spot, which we love, called Born and Raised in Hamilton. And it was a big spot before Lou came into our lives. We, we uh, spent a few dollars there in our day. Okay. <laughs> 
No, it's a good character. I like that. <laughs> but just get to the point, Alex. Sorry. Um, anyways, great restaurant. So we went back for the first time since having Lucy. Very excited to get some young... Very excited. <laughs> it's okay. Point is, we were excited to get some food, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you high, though? Are you? I wish. No, I don't know what's wrong. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, we were excited to get some gnocchi, uh, and then we brought Lucy in. <laughs> she was... Well, we didn't bring her in after we sat down and ordered gnocchi. She was with us the whole way. <laughs> yeah, and she was fine initially, all right? During the seating process, she was fine, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I got a pouch in my bag. I got some toys. I'm going to cut up some food for her. It's going to be great. Now, this restaurant did not offer a child seat, so that was problem number one. Because I think when she goes into a high chair, she gets herself into eating mode and, and mm-hmm. allows herself to be bored for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if she's just on my lap, then she, you know, is antsy. Do you know what else I think was a problem? What's that? The restaurant was too empty, which seems like mm. ideal, right? Like, oh, the restaurant's not very busy. It's it's less embarrassing if Lou makes a scene. Lou actually likes the ambiance yeah. and the, the everything associated with a full restaurant. Yep. So when it was kind of vacant and cavernous, when anytime Lou made a noise, it was like a spotlight was on her, and it seemed like she was way more annoying than she actually was being to yeah. the uh, other no, patrons. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, we went for an early dinner tonight, which is why it was so empty. Um, and that was definitely that was definitely tough. But not having a child, like a child seat or high chair, or whatever, was hard. Because um, then not only does she not get in kind of like dinner mode or restaurant mm-hmm. mode, but then you and I have to take turns eating and holding her. And in, in the instance of today. And but, now she's walking on two feet, so yeah. you were kind of just letting her walk around, and she was getting right in the waiter's way. I wasn't letting her walk around. I, I was keeping her right like by me, and then my plan was to scoop her up the second somebody started coming. But I'm very deaf, and I couldn't hear mm-hmm. it when people were coming, uh, so I wasn't scooping her up in time. Because that is like my nightmare, to be a parent who lets their kid just walk around a restaurant being crazy. That's my fear. Like mm-hmm. I, I hate that. Uh, so I, I'm like so ashamed that that happened today because of deafness or absentmindedness or whatever. So, you know, a little more empathy for, uh, parents who sometimes let their kids walk in the restaurants. Maybe they don't realize that they're being idiots. Um, cause I definitely felt like that today, but what was the original question again? Uh, what is a tip? Oh yeah. Yeah. That you well, it, it, today was hard cause I, I, tried to bring everything that I normally would to keep her calm at a restaurant you know some food some snacks some toys um and if you know she was to sit down join us I'd order her just some veggies if we were somewhere with corn on the cob like we talked about that before best thing keeps her busy for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. at a time so if you are at a place and can do something like corn on the cob like I mean your baby if your baby likes corn will go to town for 45 minutes half hour at the least working on that corn if they're like lucy and okay there's no corn on the cob what do you do well that's the thing and this is the problem we ran into today it was hard so we took turns eating like uh you ate and i kind of sat with lucy and fed her meatballs i have the answer here you do well let's hear it because i i felt a little lost today extract the kid from the restaurant so just get her out of there yeah 
it, while you're eating or chilling or waiting mm-hmm. for the food, there's no point just waiting for the food and having Lucy bored and screaming and crying. If it's equitable to do so, yeah. like it was a nice day outside, and yep. if it's not a nice day, I'm sure you can find shelter. Take the child out of the restaurant, show her the scenery, walk around. Like mm-hmm. I, I, for instance, went just outside the restaurant and played with her on some grass. And we walked around and we... I showed her what a fire hydrant was. was seems seems boring to an adult, but to a baby, a fire hydrant's a very cool thing. Do babies and the dogs that pee on them? Do dogs actually pee on them? I, I feel like so. they get a bad rap for I don't that. know, but regardless, it was pretty cute. The, my yeah. first thought was, oh, dogs pee there. But then my second thought was, oh, they look pretty cute and they're having fun. So I'm not going to And then say when anything. she came back into the restaurant, like she has like a squirrel-like yeah. memory. So she's like, oh, a restaurant. This is different than outside. And then... You, you buy yourself like 10 more minutes. Yeah, and I have to say too, because you were out with her at one point when I was finishing the meal, and uh, it was kind of nice to just sit there. Like I, I'd prefer obviously to eat with you guys, but uh, it was kind of nice when she was getting antsy to have you take her out, and then I just kind of sat there and ate the rest of my food in peace, uh, slowly, and it was quite nice. Yeah. So I didn't entirely mind it, yeah. I feel like we kind of got defeated in a sense today because no, we couldn't no keep shame, her in there. No shame in leaving the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, I no like shame. that. I like that. We weren't defeated. I certainly didn't. I was proud to take that kid out of there. So just I'm only going to ask this right now because uh, it's exactly in line with that. But because Lucy is more antsy, she's more mobile, uh, she is way more strong-willed, uh, do you find that you get more stressed going out with her in public now? Yeah. Or, yeah? Of course, yeah. She, well, you, you put her down for a sec, she mm-hmm. she get, just gets two feet in a heartbeat and she's gone. Mm-hmm. And she loves getting in the way of waiters. And if she sees a shiny knife, she'll want to grab the blade. And like <laughs> anything that will kill her, she really likes. It's true. Like if you give her like a toy sword, she'll be like, eh, I want the real sword. And I want to like kill myself. That's kind of her attitude, I find. Actual quote, yeah. No, it is. But uh, it is scary. However, like I, until today, I was feeling really confident and better than when she was a baby. And I, I like a newborn, I couldn't necessarily quiet her down for anything unless oh, I babies were better. easy. When she was young, you throw her under, underneath the table. And I would honestly forget we even had a kid. <laughs> Lou was the best restaurant baby. She was really good. Now she wants everything. She wants to talk to the chef, like... She just wants everything right now. And th- wait, is your question just a yes or no question? Uh, no. No, it was do you get more stress and why? Yes. Okay, <laughs> yes. And because she's so mobile and Lou, I'm, I'm not saying like my child is the smartest, but I do think Lou is craftier than 99% of the babies out there. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. She's probably a very average baby, but kids are crafty and they mm-hmm. always want to get into adult things. They, they're very self-centered at this point. If you're not paying attention, they want to make sure you are paying attention. And they'll do anything to get it. So, yeah, almost like we were saying to our Spanish callers, just get the babysitter in most cases. Yep. Otherwise, you're, you're, it's going to be a more stressful experience. But, hey, you, you have a kid. Anyone who's been on Earth long enough will understand if you're doing due diligence, which I think we're always... If we're not, we're trying to act like we are at the very least if, if, if we can't do things. Um, but yeah, anyway, that that's my uh, explanation. So did we go through the other writing question? What's, what's uh, No. Okay. Hit me. 
So this is from Gabriella, who uh, intended on calling in today, and then she couldn't. She got busy. So I was going to ask, how do you cope with not sleeping well, especially now that you're back to work? How do you not pass the stress to Lucy? I mean, my baby now sleeps well, but some days he wakes up in the middle of the night and I lose it. And when I go to him, I usually go stressed because I hate being woken up, especially now that I'm used to him sleeping well. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if that applies to your situation, but I want to know if it's just me. Yeah, that's obviously so hard, especially being back at work because my energy levels are way down when I'm at home and I I need my sleep even more than I did before. There is a lot of stress associated with having to go in in the middle of the night, but because I expect to go in once for sure, just knowing that I'm going in once when I go and do that, it's just kind of a part of the routine now. So I say just to expect it especially if you know your kid's gonna wake up and then if they don't wake up it's a miracle and you get a great night's sleep and everything's well and good however when she starts waking up you know two times three times four times if she's teething it does get so stressful um I don't think that I pass it to Lucy uh because you know I always just try to be pretty calm with her anyways uh but I definitely pass it on other people like I think if I have a hard night Instead of passing on to Lucy, I'll pass it on to Shane or to my mom over the phone or maybe to people at work. I'll be less patient. But I, I definitely think that if I'm having a difficult night with Lucy not sleeping well, uh, Shane bears the brunt of that stress or that exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Do you find that like when Lucy's teething? Do you find that we're both Lucy and myself are both kind of nightmares? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. You're a moody person, and I didn't always think that, but I think you were moody before Lucy, and I think you'll be moody uh, <laughs> when Lou moves out of the house. So, you're. I think you're. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you've accepted the sleep thing pretty well, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's hit or miss with you. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> it's scary though, because you're kind of you're a nice person, right? So. When you are being nice, I always want to keep you nice. And then when you're disappointed, I get anxiety. So, hey, I'll be honest. I don't do anything with the baby sleeping. I, I sleep with noise-canceling headphones. Sounds bad, but, hey, I'm I'm working. Uh, I'm up at 6 a.m. for work, and then I'm home at between eight, eight and midnight. So that's the, just the way we've worked it out. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're off right now. Yeah, plus, yeah, it's summertime for me. Uh, so as a teacher, I'm not working. Um Plus, and a big, I think this is a huge part of it too, actually. I don't have a problem waking up in the middle of the night and then falling back asleep. In fact, if Lucy's waking up, I'll be setting 15 minute alarms and I'll turn the monitor noise off and I'll wake up every 15 minutes and I wake up for two seconds. If she's not crying, I go back to bed. And, right. and because so you have me. that skill, you're also a person who can take a, a nap in the middle of the day. Yes. I, oh, am I a, love it. I suffer from insomnia. So if I, let's say I went to bed at 11 and Lucy woke up at 1 a.m., I would not go back to sleep. Yeah. I would just be up from 1 till whatever. And I, you know, I'm working sometimes 60 hours a week. So our life would just kind of deteriorate and go to shit. So we've worked it out where you are the lone person to handle mm-hmm. lose sleep because we also have my stepmom who comes over in the morning. And if you do need a nap, typically you can take a two to three hour nap in mm-hmm. the morning and kind of catch up. I would never be able to do that. Yeah. So we have it pretty good for that. Well, it seems like I have it pretty good for that. 
and and actually my my stepmom coming over and being kind of like an, a, a nanny really does oh it help helps us huge out. it's so huge yeah like it, and just to kind of keep things you know hovering around normal mm-hmm. it's, but, but it's so for helpful. people who don't have it the way we mm-hmm. do i would say to like anytime i'm going through a point in work like i went through a thing where uh, I had a TV show, but I, it required me to work almost like a hundred hours a week. Oh, is that in the fall? Yeah, yeah, that was hard. <laughs> is that? In the fall? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Alex. But that whole time, I was just like, "This is hard now, but this is finite. It will pass. Mm-hmm. The kid isn't always going to be like this. It's obviously going to be longer than the the season I had on the TV show, but this will pass. Let's get through it. There's different phases to go through, so." Even though it's hard, it's almost like you're going to miss that time and going up and them growing up. So almost enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I look back at the TV show when I was working on it. It was so hard. But now I kind of look at it almost like high school. Like that was some fun times. <laughs> was a fun when, project. When high school, you know, effing sucks for most people. But mm-hmm. you still always look back like it was greater With than it fondness, was. Yeah. So it's more of a mentality that my advice would be to get into more than anything that, yeah, this is going to pass. This is extremely temporary. Kids grow up so fast. Before mm-hmm. you know it, they'll be in kindergarten and then married themselves. Don't That's how it works. Cry. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, and I will say that after Lucy turned one, you know, she was pretty much waking up only once a night, uh, except when her molars came in. And then when she started walking, her sleep got even better. Now, like for the past week, she hasn't even really like semi woken up. Mm-hmm. And, and you know she wakes up once between i'd say 4 30 and 5 30 and other than that she's not waking up at all like, she's sleeping like a log and it's amazing i think she's just exerting so much more energy in the day and uh yeah it's been pretty sweet i'm getting like a solid seven hours before i have to wake well, up some nights it's very good well do you want me to ask you a question now? yeah let's do it okay if you died tomorrow would ghost you trust that i'd be okay handling looking after lucy ghost me probably wouldn't trust that anybody is going to be okay handling Lucy now here's the thing about you you are the most capable person I've ever met uh, in any regard because if you don't know how to do something you are going to research and practice and research and practice until you damn well know how to do that thing Mm -hmm. Uh, for example uh, Shane has never needed to cut a lawn before so we just got a brand new lawnmower. Our new house has a pretty big yard. And Shane's first time cutting the lawn several weeks ago was so-so. It was okay. It was okay. It wasn't great, but it was fine. Chill out. What? And then uh, last week, last Friday before we went away to the cottage, uh, Shane had spent time researching how to properly cut a lawn, when to do it, how to do it, what little tricks to do. And our lawn looked freaking beautiful. It looked well, gorgeous. The main reason I was actually it is I ended up down a rabbit hole because I was just trying to be considerate to our neighbors. So I was like, when is the <laughs> best time to cut a lawn to not disturb neighbors? Like, I don't want to be cutting it at 8 a.m. if that's uncouth. And I don't want to be doing it at 7 p.m. if people don't like hearing a mower after they've had dinner or something. Mm-hmm. But then it, it gave me uh, all these tips. Like, if you cut it between 6 and 8, that's actually actually a good time where the sun won't rot your grass but it'll still give it just enough nutrients to absorb it through the night because you don't want too much sun on your grass Mm -hmm. but you don't want 
little bit of sun either. You want that perfect amount, which is two hours. So six to eight is actually, okay, truthfully, eight to <laughs> eight to ten is the best time to cut your grass. This is dad's corner part too. Yeah, six to eight is the second best and more realistic for me most times. But anyway, yeah, I do think I would be able to look after. See, I'd like, it gives me anxiety even thinking about me dying and not being there to watch out for Lucy because there's just so many nuances in our day and with behavior and sleeping and eating and things like mm-hmm. that that are just so kind of ingrained in what we do that I I don't even know like if I've explained them to other people. So it makes me so nervous that, <coughs> you know, everything would go to heck and life would fall apart. Of course it wouldn't. Of course it wouldn't. But that is something that gives me anxiety and like guilt, even though I'm clearly not dead. But I have like guilt and anxiety over it almost every single day that since she's been born. Um, but that's such a big fear of mine. But I, I do think that you would obviously do a great job. Like you are a super attentive father. You like you, you take a lot of pride in doing things correctly and doing things right. Um, and obviously you and Lucy have a really good relationship. So things would be fine. But it's like the little things like... Are you going to, you know, go into a room at the right time at night or, you know, do the proper thing with naps if she's not sleeping? Stuff like that, like stupid little things that don't make a huge difference in the long run. Yeah, I will because I'll look it up and just do it. No, I know you would. No, you're good like that. Um, If I was to die tomorrow, what would be? You're just making a question up on the fly? This yeah. goes all against our rules, but continue. What would be your biggest fear in regards to raising Lucy? Would you have any or like, would you be okay? Well, I'd be worried about, you know, my Tinder account and not finding the right <laughs> woman immediately. What? I can kill you after tonight. You're going to get Tinder the second I die? Okay, but you know me. I'm quick to fall in love. So let's say you died on a Friday. Saturday I go out. What if I pick the wrong suitor? I start making all these promises to her, and then she ends up being a bad uh, stepmom. Wait a second. Why are you making Lucy hang out with some broad so Talking so? To the mic. Why are you making Lucy hang out with so some broad so quickly after I go? Well, and she, and why are you spending time at the bars and tindering when you should be playing with my daughter? Because Lucy needs a mother figure. That's why. I do it for her. The sex is just fringe benefit. You didn't let me finish. The crazy, crazy sex I have hours after your body's still warm. What? Why are you actually getting mad over a stupid joke? (laughs) No, it would take me like weeks and weeks. (laughs) It would. You're uh, just continue. Okay. Um, Okay. If you died tomorrow, what's the number one... (laughs) What's the number one tip Ghost Alex would give a live Shane for taking care of Lou? Don't bring some woman home right after I die, you asshole. Give me something serious. No. I'm not bringing a woman home. I know that. I know that. Um, for months and months. Can't be lonely your whole life. It's not like I'm 60 and going to be a widower. No, Chrissy Teigen once said something that she leaves a note saying John did it in her pocket so that if she ever ends up dying, uh, they investigate John. Assume he did it, lock him up, and then he can never marry again. Yeah, that's all funny for a tweet, but oh, in real life, hey. that's not good. <laughs> um, but 
uh, thing is, you the the biggest tip right now with Lucy and diapers, just white front to back, it's so important. Uh, but of course, you're already good at that. You already know that. Um, but the biggest tip for raising Lucy, I think, right now when she's a baby, everything is so. You know, you can research it. You can test out different things, see how it works, and everything's going to be fine. But I think my biggest tip would have to do with something um, as she got older Mm -hmm. and just in knowing, uh, you know, how girls are, how young girls are, and issues with esteem. And I I think it would be so hard for a young girl uh, with no mom just, like, trying to find confidence and figure out figure out everything like it's it's so difficult like it's so difficult I feel like I'm really good at building people up though you are but then like not necessarily understanding the nuances of what it is to be a girl like a young girl I understand I, my goal is to, as Lucy grows up, not to air my insecurities in front of her mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't want her to grow up with the same ones that I have. And obviously she will, like everybody has insecurities, but I want to try to minimize that what I can. I, I just don't think that you should talk to your kids about weight unless it is an issue and they're like actually unhealthy. What's the next question? Okay, I'm not going to use that one. Why? What was one. it? Just out of curiosity. Well, I used it last time. I just didn't. Let's hear it. Okay. So, uh, early in the podcast, you were talking about um, how... Why do all your questions have speeches attached to the beginning part of them? You were Does talking- it always need a backstory? <laughs> yeah. The year was 1924. <laughs> no, listen. So, you were talking about how uh, you didn't think Lucy liked you. And uh, how that was tough. So I wanted to ask, Lucy has become so much more affectionate lately. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw you crying like a couple weeks ago when she gave you a kiss. I was not. Mm. I, would, I would admit, I cry all the time. I would admit if I was crying. I was crying all last right. night watching a movie. Like, trust me, I'm not scared to cry. All right. So anyways, has your opinion on that anyway? Has your opinion on that changed? And do you think that Lucy sees you differently or really understands it now well she's recognizing me a little bit more but uh, lucy has like all babies a form of baby alzheimer's in the sense (laughs) that she doesn't know who i am through the week uh halfway through saturday she'll kind of like warm up to me by sunday she'll she can really have moments where she recognizes i'm her dad and then you know it's a whole other five-day cycle of not seeing her because I do not see my daughter throughout the week. But she is quicker to show affection. Yeah, she'll give me a smooch. And uh, I, I, too, what's happening is I'm getting to know her better. So I'm learning what she actually likes to do, Mm -hmm. how she likes to, um, like her, her bedtime routine when I put her to bed. I know how she's kind of feeling and I know how to calm her down better than I did before. Whereas before I would kind of just do the advice that you gave me. But now I just do, 
I, you know, I get the stuffed animal out. I do a little <laughs> dance that makes her feel like, oh, I'm not alone when I'm going to bed. I have my friends with me. Then I play a little jealousy trap game where I act like I love <laughs> the stuffed animals more than her. And then she's like, hey, I want those stuffed animals. Like you, I'm jealous that you're hanging out with my friends. And then I give her her friends. And then sometimes that'll take. Sometimes she'll get the stuffed animal and throw it away and say, no, I'm not fooled. So you got to dance a little bit more until she actually believes that these inanimate <laughs> objects are real life beings. And then when when that happens, she really holds on to them. And then when you walk out of the room, she doesn't even cry. She's like, get out of here, Dad. I'm playing with my friends. And then I'll watch the monitor, and she'll play with them for like five minutes and not even be upset, and then she'll be out cold. And that's my methodology, which is something I don't think you would ever recommend me doing. No, because, uh, and the thing with Lucy too, she's developing different habits with different people, different bedtime routines with different people. And that's never something I would do with her. But I did see you doing the little dance with the stuffed animals through the monitor mm. last weekend. And like immediately my mm. eyes just started streaming with tears because it was the cutest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lucy responded so well to it. And it was so adorable. And that should have been a dad's corner. With some great tips. Well, hey, I, I, it's a dad's corner if you want it to be. I think it should be. Hey, dad's corner. <laughs> add in the music and post. Yeah, I'll add in the music. Dad's corner. Any <laughs> any further questions? No, that's all my questioning, babe. Okay. But uh, I have to say, and I want to say um, publicly to whoever is listening, um, Shane, yeah. thank you so much for taking five times to record episode seven of this family tree podcast with me uh and thank you in advance for the hell that is going to greet you in the editing room i do appreciate it so much well i have a question for you Mm. are you going to be more responsible for keep being consistent with this podcast because you it's up to you alex yes it's up to me Mm-hmm. I feel uh, this was a good lear- what's the thing learning experience Lear- this was a good learning experience and um, I did learn a lot every single step of this so yes this will not be happening again and uh, I do want to thank you for being so gracious and so kind and so willing every single time we sat down to record episode 7 of course well I'm, I'm always here to help <laughs> So sick with us, listeners. I, I, I hope this episode was good. It was a bit of a, a mishmash. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been This Family Tree Podcast, Episode 7. We'll catch you next time.